Good day, everybody. This is Gary Mottershead, president of GCP Industrial Products, and I'm delighted to have with me Nathan Pike, uh, vice president and general manager also uh, from GCP Industrial Products. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here, Gary. And, you know, Nathan, when we started talking about this uh, a few weeks ago, and we, we thought what we would do in, in terms of communicating the message about what's happening in the world. We looked at it and said, you know, there's an awful lot that we've learned. We've been in GCP for 20 years. I've coached entrepreneurs for over 20 years. You've been around in this business for 15 years now. And we've realized that there's an awful lot that we stay focused on and we how we help both our customers and our suppliers stay focused on looking after what we consider to be their dangers, the fears they have, trying to facilitate their opportunities, what they're excited about, and, and complement their strengths. And, and these are things that we look at all the time. And so we've decided that this is the first in a series that we'll call Clarity Generates Confidence. And I've learned over my years of being in business and in coaching that is so huge that when people are clear about what's happening and what's going on, they can move forward with a great deal of confidence. If they're not, we have a, a lot of uncertainty and potentially confusion. Yeah. And so my, my question for you, Nate, what was coming in from our customers? Yeah, great question because we hear a lot and we hear a lot of emotion, we hear a lot of questions, we hear the re reaction to what the news is saying, which is trade war, 25% on China, all the costs on products in China are going up, and everybody feels, what's the impact on me? What's the impact on my business? How is this gonna affect my employees, my competitiveness in the marketplace? And so there's a lot of uncertainty, and there's a lot of confusion as to timing, what products are being impacted at what time. There's a lot of different timelines in the media, and, and there's really a lack of clarity on this latest round, the $200 billion uh, that's coming through. So maybe we'll just start by outlining at a high level uh, on GCP's product lines for our customers that in early July, the first round of tariffs came through on 25% on $16 billion worth of goods. That didn't really impact any of GCP's product lines. And so it came through, it certainly had some impact on some of our customers' lines, but, but not a very large impact. August 23rd, National silicone, so our solid silicone rubber and our silicone sponge was impacted with the 25%. So the main response from our customers was, oh my gosh, 25%, that's going to be a direct price increase through to affect me. Yeah, and not only that, Nathan, one of our, our largest customers immediately canceled half a dozen orders. Yeah. They didn't realize how much we had done to support them, and some of those orders had been paid for, so significant impact on us. Uh, and so here we were faced with the fact that immediately when the duties were announced, just as you said, bang, fear set in, we're going to have this big increase. So the impact that ultimately came through after working with our vendors and managing GCP's inputs into what our cost would be is an 8% increase in the interim. And who knows how long these duties will last. So you're saying, let me just be clear, so customers went up 8% even though the duties on imported product was 25%. That's correct. Wow. I mean, let's... About a third, about a third. What was what was the reaction to that? Uh, a huge amount of confidence. So our customers felt like they could compete with that amount of increase. Sometimes they can absorb some of it. Uh, sometimes they can pass through pricing. But the main point was it wasn't 25% and their costs aren't making them uncompetitive in the marketplace. Or their costs from GCP are still competitive when they compare it against diversified, in this case, diversified silicone, Saint-Gobain, and others that our customers compete with. And that's the ultimate goal for all of our product lines, and we'll talk about the $200 billion after, uh, but is to provide that, really, the stability 
in order to have a long-term competitive position with GCP's products. So I brought up that certain things were canceled. What happened to those orders? What's, what's happened since then? Because that's been about a month now that that's been in place. Yeah, yeah, great question. Thankfully, the orders were reinstated. Uh, they've gone back into production, and a GCP really is managing the back end of it uh, with our vendors and our customers. It's status quo. It's business as usual. They're focused on their marketplaces. They're focused on growing their businesses. And which is ultimately our goal is to give them the clarity so that they don't have to worry about what's going on behind the scenes. They have their price and they can focus on what their customers need, which is quick delivery, competitive products, great quality, all, all the things that we know that we're trying to support our customers with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and, and, and some things that I, I think we underestimate too about being clear, Melanie Tonkin, who handles all of our Logistics didn't cancel any of the orders, if I understand. She kept it open. So immediately as they got reinstated, they wanted the product. Yep. So they wanted, again, they wanted it. You know, we found that, that our customers wanted to make sure they need certainty about their pricing and they need certainty about their supply. And when we were able to do both of those, uh, they went to more orders after that. So. Yep, that's right. And so for the only main GCP product line, National Silicone, which has been impacted so far with tariffs, I, I believe we weathered the storm quite well. We've had excellent communication and lots of communication with our customers. We're continuing to do that on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis as things come up and questions come up from their end. We're still deciding and determining where we need to be more competitive. And I believe we'll have some flexibility to support our customers should we need to look at specific pockets of business in order to compete and, and have a short-term, long-term plan to do that. Thank you for that description and clarity about that. The, one of the things that we just don't know either is when, for example, and what's coming up now, we don't know what products, we don't know what duty, because it's anywhere maybe 10 to 25 that have been announced, and we don't know when. And I, I think the other part is, is that when people have already ordered, literally products that are on order are going to be impacted like the minute it hits the port. So if there have been commitments by any of our customers for that product and pricing that's out there, it automatically gets gets flowed through right away because yep. those duties have to be paid at the time of entry. And you, we have no control over that. We, right. we have no control over that. We have no control over the timing. But so in, in light of that, something that you said to me the other day when I was talking to you when we didn't get the announcement as we were expecting on this next $200 billion, what was coming in from our customers and what was, you sounded like you were on the phone a lot and on a lot of emails and what, what was the reaction at that point in time? Yeah, so I think because of the speed of the last round of tariffs, it was confirmed early August and implemented by August 23rd. And so I believe everybody expected Mr. Trump to come through and say on Friday, $200 billion is implemented at 10% or 25%. And here's the date that it's going to impact orders as they clear customs. But that didn't happen on Friday. It hasn't happened yet. So essentially, it's being held right now by the president as a way to negotiate with China. And we've talked a lot about through other correspondences and perhaps a good future podcast are the reasons behind the duties or our belief of the reasons behind the duties. But specific to this, the questions for the customers were, what are the impact on my orders in hand? Which I, I think coming back to your question. And as of right now, uh, the four core GCP product lines that are impacted on the next round of products are Premlin sheet rubber and last engineered structures and belting and last ceramic towels and Sherlock clamps, uh, PVC couplings and, and rubber couplings. 
And so for those specific product lines, GCP has a significant amount of orders in hand, in production in China, in transit to North America. And what we've told our customers and anybody who's had the question is, we'll work with you. And so ultimately, if they go up 25% as of next week, a 25% increase will not be implemented to our customers. If they go up 10%, a 10% will not be implemented to our customers. We'll work to, with our vendors who we've been proactively working with for the last two or three months, and we'll be able to communicate something quite quickly uh, what the ultimate impact is, will be. And we expect it if it's 10%, we expect it in the uh, five to 7% range. If it's 25%, we know with silicone, it came down to 8%. Everything will be unique to the product lines that we're working on, but the goal is to minimize the impact on our customers and stay competitive in the product lines that we want to grow with. Yeah, and, and that's a great description. And, and I think for me, one of the things that happened, I'm going to go back to the customer's reaction back when silicone came in, the 25% and you canceled all the orders. We literally had one week to be able to come up with an answer to instill that confidence back in again. To put what's going to be really clear about it because right now, as you said, everyone expects this is 25%. And, and I think that the, the other part that I want to put across here, because there's a lot of confusion, I'll come back to my point, but a lot of confusion with respect to this, is that these duties have nothing to do with economics. They have everything to do with politics. And you know I've called this the politics of, of duties as opposed to the economics of duties. And that's what even makes it more challenging because the 25% or 15% created an awful lot of distortions. And what we're finding is that we had the one week to do it. And because of the relationships that we have both with our customers and our suppliers, we were able to resolve that from the 25% down to eight. And that, as you say, instilled an awful lot of clarity in a sense, but they were very, very, they really understood what their situation was and then they could make decisions going forward. Um, as a result, I think National Silicone product line has continued to grow because there's also an awful lot of confusion within that product line and it's been taking place for more than a year, supply disruptions and pricing. You and I, and certainly us as a company, have always talked about how do we make this as simple, as clear as possible? How do we make sure our customers have their product and have their price? Our suppliers know they're going to have volume, what their pricing is, and GCP also needs it. We need to know what the volume is that's going, what we're buying it for, what our margins are going to be, and what our cost structure is. We all need to know those things. Until that point, there's a lot of indecision. Well, it's a great segue into the midterm, long-term perspective on competitiveness of China. So in the short term, this is a price shock. And we react to it like it's a raw material price increase. We react to it like the exchange rate change goes up. So essentially, it's just a cost that we have to deal with. And, and our supply chain has to deal with Longer term, some of the questions that I've had from customers is, will China be competitive with these tariffs in place? So assuming that these tariffs aren't a short term, uh, and it is something that's implemented for the long term, uh, then it will try to be competitive. And we've had, I've had that question a lot. And so I'll, I'll give my quick thought, and, and you likely have a, a few thoughts as well, but what I've been responding with and in conversations with our vendors is, uh, we've been very lucky to align with some of the best manufacturers in the world. Silicone manufacturers have a very short raw material supply chain. In fact, our solid silicone manufacturer is the compounder. Uh, and, and the largest compounder in China. Our sheet rubber partner has been in this business for 35, 40 years. And they have a, multiple businesses. They're very entrenched in the rubber business in China. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Their competitiveness in North America is extremely important to them. 
their technology is some of the best in the world, their compounding capability is some of the best in the world. And so we'll adapt. And if it means that there's multiple production locations globally in order to support our customers for a long-term competitive position, uh, we have partners with the resources, with the capability, uh, with the financial wherewithal to be able to, to make investments in order to support our customers and GCP long-term with the key product lines that we're working in. Yeah, I think too that comes back that really our focus as a company, our purpose as a company is helping people and organizations grow. Right. And the only way that we can do that is they know what their situation is. And I, I look at all of our customers, some of them have gone from being regional players, in Southern California to now being national players over that time simply because they've had that capability and relied on GCP to look after all of those details and products, the quality. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about, we're talking about duties, but the other, the, what I used to say early on in this business, and now that we've had like 20 year relationships with some of our suppliers, is that if people asked me what was their biggest concern of our customer, I'd say quality. If I'd given a second one, what was their concern? Quality. What was their third one? Quality. Not surprising. I said, if there was a fourth one, I said, it's communication. And we went and looked after those. I mean, Nate, we just had a meeting last week at the company. And what was our quality level across our product lines? Yeah, 99.84%. Yeah, 99.84% manufacturing. I mean, that, to me, that's totally unheard of for something coming from China, multiple facilities uh, that all manage their own. And we, we certainly do some inspections and go and look after it. But it's really based upon the communication, which was the number four one. And, and Melanie's done an awesome job communicating with the customers when products are going to be delivered and with the factories. So every, when I think about it and why I wanted this podcast series to be called Clarity Generates Confidence, that's what we've been about right from the very beginning. Yep. Yeah, and I think that that's the most important message through this podcast and through the series as we move forward uh, is there's always going to be noise and there's always going to be a lack of clarity uh, because of all the information that's coming in, all the variables that we have in our in current global supply chains. It's complicated and there are so many different factors that, that can impact it. Uh, but I think our message is we're quite comfortable navigating through a lot of the uncertainty that's out there and ultimately and what I heard you just say if we provide a competitive product that has great quality and is consistent and we communicate well with our customers and our vendors then we should likely have a, a good long-term strong position in order to grow our business and support the growth of our vendors and our customers. You know Nate that's that's interesting because it reminds me of when we, we have a unique process by the way that we do things and I remember back in around 2004, I gave it what I thought was a really cute name. I called it the China Link Navigator. <laughs> and uh, wow, how do we do, why do we do that? Wow, we linked China with the rest of the world and we navigated through all those things. Nobody cared, nobody gave a damn about that. They didn't care what we needed to do with China. That was all about what we did. And, and a few years later, uh, I guess around 2008, it got reborn, I'll call it, and repackaged as the risk-free sourcing solution. And the risk-free sourcing solution was awesome and still is today. We almost, we almost lost it, killing that brand. But we recognize that that's still the issue. Everybody wants to know they're going to get their products. They know when they're going to get them, what the quality is, and they want it all risk-free. Now, risk-free, we put in little quotation marks because they've got to follow our process. But that's what we've done. And it, that's allowed us to grow significantly. And again, the growth of our customers, that's the only way we grow. is our customers and our suppliers all grow along with us. So that, that's, again, I, it's great helping me think through all of the years and what we've gone through to come to this point. 
Yeah, and I think the risk resourcing solution provided a process uh, in the back end that allowed us to manage risk and manage quality and for both our vendors and our suppliers and ultimately with GCP. And I feel like our responsibility right now is very similar, uh, where in the past that process was created to manage the risk of quality. Uh, currently, the risk right now that I'm hearing from our customers and from our vendors is a lack of clarity due to duties and the relationship between China and, and uh, the U.S., which GCP and our customers rely on for supply. And so I'm, I'm excited about continuing this podcast because I feel like that communication, similar to the risk resource and solution, is very timely. Uh, it's important right now to have, in fact, maybe over-communication and, and to provide our customers with some stability when it comes to information. And hopefully we can do a good job by learning on our end and communicating that in a clear and concise and effective way for, for our customers. Uh, so that ultimately when they make decisions, it's not based on emotion, it's based on fact and, and they have the numbers that go along with. It can always be based on emotion because the world's emotional. But let's have the facts and, and the background detail so that when we do react to emotion, it's with confidence and it's uh, taking advantage of the, the situation and the uncertainty as opposed to uh, being buried by it and reacting to it. Well, and, and that, that brings up why I call the situation we're in right now the, the politics of duties, because there is no economic rationale. In fact, it's caused some considerable distortions, which you can read about if you're interested in going to do that. And so for, for us is that it's our job to make sure the facts are out there, that we become clear. And, and that leads me into the situation where you asked about, will China be competitive a while ago? And, and we watch that. We look at that. We had a study done by Empire Research a couple of years ago where it take a moment to get to the point, but that there are going to be 2 million manufacturing jobs that are going to go wanting. This is before all of this other stuff that's going on by 2020. In well, the U.S. In the U.S. alone. In the U.S. alone. And there's, we're not far from 2020 now. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it. Uh, we're seeing it specifically one of our customers in the Chicago area told me he had to bring in workers from, pay their relocation from out of state, pay them higher wages to come there. We know that we go through across even our whether our customers here in Canada or throughout the United States are, are covering are feeling the same bite and with respect to that so from that perspective is that if manufacturing is coming back it's not going to be back in this industry which has been around for a century or so uh, we're an old established industry we're basic involved in everything that goes on maintenance repairs operations new construction whether it's highway automobiles agriculture so it's insidious in everything that goes on which is one of the reasons why we feel it's really important that things are clear but so we watch the competitiveness and right now china is the number one competitive country by these studies the u.s has been has been gaining but i don't think you know when we look at those that is specifically in our area i went to china originally because i was involved in recycling of tires and the reason i went to china was it was the only country that could take the tires in grind them up make them into rubber again compound them and make the finished product all in one location. Anything that was done in the United States was multiple locations, everybody making a profit, transportation in between, and there's no way we could do it. So we've been recycling tires for 20 years here. I did it for multi years before that. It's more than 25 years I've been involved in this, and we've made commercially acceptable product out of recycled material in the rubber industry, which is more of a challenge than things like glass or paper Mm -hmm. or plastics. So that to us, we knew we could count on it. 
The reason why we did that, we knew we could count on the cost. We weren't subject to all the international supply and demand curves. And so why did we do that? It was clarity. Yeah. We knew what our costs were going to be. Sometimes we'd be exceptionally competitive. And when commodity prices would go down, we might not be as competitive, but we knew we didn't have those swings. Yeah. And in, a, in our industry, which is quite stable in that respect, people don't like big swings. Everybody likes things to go down, but if they go down, we're also going to go back up again. And they'd rather life be steady. You know, I've been very fortunate to have been involved in a company called Strategic Coach for more than 25 years and, and a coach for over 20 years now, approximately 3,000 entrepreneurs. And one of the things that we really believe in and that is a unique ability, and every person has unique ability, and we've just gone through that in our own organization to create your, each person's unique ability statement and what GCP does uniquely. But I also believe that countries have unique abilities. Right. And uh, I've always felt that way. So when we looked around, so yes, we felt the rubber supply, and in this case, the silicone supply in particular, and some of the clamps could be done very effectively and cost effectively as well as quality effectively in China. But we've got we've got hose and other products that are coming out of Indonesia, Malaysia, Turkey. We've brought product in from the UK, and as you said, the Rubitex, the sponges being made in North America. And so it wasn't just a, a China strategy. It was always about where does it make the most sense? And and that's, again, also where it makes the most sense from a clarity standpoint. Well, why are we there? We don't go moving things around. Like we've been, spent 20 years building a supply chain. Just because there are some politics on duties right now, mm -hmm. you're not going to go change that. I mean, right. you were in India recently. I, you and I both have been in India before. And the infrastructure is completely different. The capacity is completely different. The cost structure without duties isn't as competitive with what we've got. We're not sure about the quality. And so do you move things around because of that? As we've talked, we don't think that makes any sense at all. Agreed. And, and the last point is capacity. Is capacity. Uh, China's currently main so specific. Let's take our Premline Sheet Rubber product line, for example, and not just with GCP's business, but exports from China on, on flat matting and barn matting and sheet rubber is in the range of 80 to 120 containers per month, depending on the month. And India, as far as we understand, doesn't have the capacity to take that on right now. So with investment, with new rotocares and calendars and mixing capacity over time, certainly anybody can pick up that capacity. In fact, our domestic manufacturers can could also pick up the capacity long-term. But I don't think with the uncertainty of the duties of politics right now, anybody's making a long-term capital investment with a three-year payback. It's just too uncertain. And so India's taking the wait and see game. They will certainly benefit as emotion moves orders in the short term. Uh, but if the duties are removed six months from now, I, I would expect the competitiveness in China will bring, and just the certainty of the quality and relationships will bring a lot of that business back to the vendors that have it right now. Yeah, and, and you know, this is really important for us to note that you're not going to move that supply chain that quickly. Coming back to our point about clarity and confidence, we don't have the confidence or the clarity that these things are going to stay sure. long term. And therefore, what effort are we going to put in? We're going to put the effort into managing the scenario where we feel we have the best cost structure, both short term and long term. Not that we're ignoring what's happening elsewhere. It's just that when you built up the kind of supply chain that's there, when you built up the reputation for the products, when you built it up that they're specced in, and we know how long it takes each one of those products and applications to get specced in, I just don't think it's responsible of us to sort of willy-nilly move from one spot to another. 
we have such a short supply chain, we have such a short communication capability that we can work with these things. And so as unfortunate as we are right now, and I'm, I'm sure in a few days or a week, we'll come back and do this knowing what's happening and we'll talk about what the, what the specific duties are. We've really got a situation where we can't move forward in these things until we know. Right. We'd all hope, we'd all hope nothing happens, uh, but I think that's wishful thinking. We think something will happen because, again, this is, this is all emotional out there right now. Yep. So yeah, we do. We're, we're certainly going in scenario planning uh, for all different scenarios, no duties, 10% duties, 25% duties on all of our product lines and working with our vendors in that regard. But you hope for the best. <laughs> if the 25% comes through next week, it's, we're going to react the same way with confidence and clarity. Well, we've already seen that we've reacted to a 25% in, uh, in the national silicone business and been able to not only keep the business, but new businesses come in from our major customers, so showing the strength that's there. And not only is there clarity from our part, there's uncertainty from others, right. uncertainty from other suppliers in the marketplace. So as much as we look at what we're doing, I look at ourselves as a, you know, it's a rocky shore out there and it's like a foggy night. What are you looking for? You're looking for the lighthouse. You're looking for that beacon that shines the way. Can we change what the fog looks like? We can't change that. What we can do is light up the direction. And that's what we're going to do. We keep that really analogy very front and center in terms of how we think about things. Right. Because then we know what direction we're going. These are the things that we keep in mind when we're thinking about what's happening with our customers, what's happening with our suppliers. Because it's really important that we keep both of them on track. We don't want them going off, the suppliers going off track, so there's not the supply capability. We don't want our customers going anywhere else because we don't think they're going to get a supply uh, as reliable as GCP's been able to provide over almost 20 years. So that's that's what keeps us going. And we are you know, the, providing that leadership for all aspects of the business in that respect. So maybe we can uh, circle back on a bit of a close. What would you like to say to customers in our audience for the next podcast? Yeah, I, to me, is it... We now we're in a situation where we don't have all the answers. So the first thing we're trying to do is create for you a direction. That's what I'll call the clarity at this step. Is it everything? No, it's not. So everyone's going to be saying, well, I got, I got, we got 40 orders out there at any point in time that I could all get hit with a duty. Well, that's got to be managed. There are a number of people that things have to be managed for. So we just have to be ready to do that. The next podcast, as I see it, let's look again at what is actually happening, what we think will happen in the future, because there's even another 267 billion that was talked about by President Trump. Which, just for clarity sake, won't affect any GCP products. Yeah, it won't affect any GCP <laughs> products. But what it will do, it'll affect all of us. I right. mean, everything we buy, we start shopping for Christmas time. I mean, I, I, again, I don't think that on, on average, we've begun to even really consider what that means to us. Well, you know, maybe that's part of what we would be able to provide some yeah. clarity on because we're so close to the, the duty scenario. But give them the message, this is what's happening, this is what we're doing, and, and this is the direction to take. The more that we can understand about the supply-demand balance, we're, we're the largest importer of industrial sheet rubber in the United States, so we get to see an awful lot that goes on. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. And so until next time, Gary and Nathan. <laughs>